we trust in you you have brought us here for the reform conference the first edition in 2024 as we look to you for the spirit enablement in this first session let it come for us Don't let any one of us live here without an encounter here tonight. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. Amen. We may please have our seat. Uh, we are all welcome.
in Jesus' name. To the refuel conference, the ministers' refuel conference, the first edition in 2024, God is worthy of our praise. We want to appreciate Pastor Pat for uh, such entrance into the presence of God with that dimension of praise. More grace in Jesus' name. And also Pastor Inka for that leading into the prayer, knowing that we are product of the mercy of the Lord. Uh, this evening, as we are going to be responding to the Lord, I also want to appreciate God for the Jesus company of ministers. That God has been showing what is said to do in our generation through. One thing touches the art of Jesus in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3 to 4, and that's the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He said we should make that effort. So it requires effort. I want to thank God uh, for the Living Flame Ministries, for God's Pillar Christian Center. I want to thank God for the Christmas Church. I want to appreciate God for what the Lord is doing. And I want to believe that great things will be done this year by the Lord. I also want to appreciate God for the, uh, the great leaders, the key executives, uh, Pastor Kola Phillips and Apostle Wisdom Omeza. Help me to put your hands together for the Lord in the life of this man of God. The Lord will continue to uphold you in the name of Jesus. Um, I've been asked to, to open this first edition uh, in this first session. Our theme for this refuel conference is Spirit-Enabled Ministers. Spirit-Enabled Ministers. When you talk about Spirit-Enabled Ministers, you talk about a minister that the spirit has made a bull. And if we have an assignment as believers, we are called as believers into the Christian service, into carrying out the purpose of God, in our generation, we are called to ministry. Every believer has a call to ministry. If you check Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13, we will realize that the fivefold ministry office has one as 
one of the major reasons for God to release that gift is to develop, is to equip the saint for the work of ministry. So if we have the work of ministry that we need to carry out for the Lord, we must know where the ability for it comes from. Without understanding the source of ability, there will be no enablement to carry out an assignment. So this evening, I will be speaking on this introduction on the capacity of the spirit. Capacity of the spirit for ministry. Capacity of the spirit for ministry. And I'd like us to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'd like to read verse 4. We have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to take credit for anything of ourselves. But our sufficiency is from God. The word sufficiency there is the same word with capacity. It's the same word to be strengthened. It's the same word to be enabled. Our sufficiency, he said, is from God. The supply of everything that we can talk about that has enabled us. And when you look at this man talking here, you realize the kind of exploit, the kind of great things that the Lord did with his ministry. So he, he began to talk to us where this came from. And he said, we are not men who can take credit for anything of ourselves. And i like us to take note of that. Because men are limited in God because they steal the credit that belongs to God. Men are limited in God because they steal the credit that belongs to God. In my little time of a walk with God, I have realized that those that God genuinely used they don't take credit of what God has done through them as what has come from them. They give God the credit. So the limitation of any person, any man in God 
is when the credit that belongs to God is stolen. So Apostle Paul was making that to be clear to everyone that want to build capacity of the spirit in ministry. So he made it so clear that see, the secret of strength in ministry is the Holy Spirit. The capacity for carrying out the work of the Lord to be doing that work of the Lord flows from the Spirit. It's the one who supplies what makes us to be able. He enabled us. He made us able. That was what Apostle Paul was saying there. And you know, in verse 6, he said, Who has made us able ministers of the new covenant not of the letter but of the spirit not of the letter made us so we cannot become anything in God except we are made No one is a self-made in the hand of God. Everyone that God uses has always been made by him. And that's why those who recognize that, they don't take the credit that belongs to God. I believe God wants to do great things with us. And we must understand why he's dealing with the matter of the spirit-enabled minister at this time. So that we will know that he's in the business of making. And let me tell us this. It doesn't matter the level we are performing at this time. If we understand that God is in the business of making. What we are now is not a prophecy of what we will become. Nobody can predict the outcome of a life that God is making. Who has made us able ministers, not of the letter, because the letter kills. The word letter there has to do with not of self-effort. Not of going to seminary. Not of what the flesh has been able to produce. Not of self-knowledge. Not of self-commitment. Self-effort. But our ability is of the spirit. He made us able ministers of the new covenant of the spirit why the letter kills the flesh kills but the spirit gives life so the making of the spirit in the life of any minister is a life-giving adventure every time we realize that when we are in the hand of the lord it supplies us life we realize that we are up to the task of whatsoever 
God is calling our life to. The spirit gives life. Where I'm going is not very far tonight. That's why I'm laying this foundation. I believe there are different types of ministers in our time. We have ministers that I've seen that are called expired ministers. I've seen men come into ministry and it's as if they have expiry date. They do well. They show. After some time, they are quenched. They get expired. Because where you draw your strength from determines how far you will go. So we have expired ministers. They can run. They can be full of activity. They can start well. But it will get to a point that they get expired. And when something gets expired, you know, it's no longer useful. We also have escaping ministers. We don't just have expired ministers. We have people responding to the work of the Lord, to the work of ministry, who at a time they want to run away. You know, some of us know the story of John Mark that caused a sharp disagreement between Apostle Paul and Barnabas. He escaped when he confronted a task of ministry. I'm coming there. He got in confrontation with the reality of ministry and he realized that a man whose capacity is not sourced in the spirit cannot go far. John Mark escaped at the time that the journey was challenging. And can I tell you, many are still escaping today. So we have escaping ministers. You cannot just respond to the assignment of the Lord emotionally. You have to build capacity. You need, I need capacity of the spirit. Because without that, your expiry date is set. Without the capacity of the spirit, one will get to a point that one will want to escape. Even those that are genuinely sourced in the spirit, they get to a point that they will say, Lord, is it true that you really call me? Is it true that you really want to do something with me? They will want to say, can I still go forward again? And it will be because they are enabling power, enabling strength, because it is sourced in the spirit that keeps them going. So I believe God is dealing with us at this very time so that we will not become part of the statistics of the expired ministers in our time i was with a brother at a particular year and he said to me he said he had the pastor and the pastor when he first met with him he was on fire he was doing well <laughs> doing well 
He said he went to school. And by the time he was going to return, after some four or five years from the university back home to see the pastor, he said it was as if it was another person entirely, apart from his pastor he used to know. He said now when the pastor wants to stand on the pulpit to see anything, he will be sharing stories. He has, and he used a word that I can't forget. He said, my pastor got expired. Excuse me. Ministers are still getting expired. And many are escaping. There are many that don't escape officially. But they just find certain things to do to say, okay, okay, okay. You realize that Jesus has been their priority before. But now, some other things, just like Peter when he said, let us go fishing. <laughs> they are escaped. So I discovered that God is doing something that we will not be part of that statistics. You won't expire. You won't escape. And number three, we have exceptional ministers. These ones, they are so exceptional. In the midst where others are getting expired, where others are escaping, they are producing for the Lord. They are making a difference. They are not just existing. They are not just answering to title. Heaven is feeling their impact. Hell is feeling their impact. They are so exceptional. Anywhere they get to, something takes place there. For the glory of the Lord. They are kingdom advancers. They are exceptional ministers. The heat of their time don't affect them. There are expired ministers. There are escaping ministers. When Apostle Paul dropped John Mark. He knew this one is not an exceptional one. This one, even if he follows us because he has escaped before, he will soon expire. So you look at men like Paul, that even in the midst of prison, their credentials, things they talk about, that makes them in ministry, you realize that they talk about beatings, they talk about persecutions, they talk about diverse temptations, challenges, here and there, going without food. And in all of this, they are still standing. So we have ministers that are exceptional. I think I want to be that kind of a minister. Exceptional ministers. No matter what happened, the heat of the moment don't bring them down. They represent, they don't look for how to escape situations. They don't get expired. They are ever fresh. 
their path shines brighter and brighter for the Lord from time to time. And we also have exploring ministers. These are ministers that from time to time they are going deeper and deeper and deeper Why others are becoming shallow and shallow. Right from the time that Apostle Paul was apprehended by mercy and he became a vessel for the Lord, he never knew a better yesterday. His ministry, he was sharper than before. When you look at him yesterday and you see him today, his life and ministry kept amazing people. They were exploring ministers. They were exploring the depth of God. They were exploring the mysteries of God. From time to time, they were going deeper in the things of the spirit. There are ministers like that in our time. They started years ago. But yet, they have not become shallow. And I hope you know that all that is happening in our time now does not make ministers, those who are representing the Lord, to be exploring, to be going in a deeper adventure with the Lord. They are not increasing in dimensions we go. And we also have excelling ministers. These are ministers that are above all situations. Whatever comes their way, they remain overcomers. Apostle Paul said, in all of these, we are more than a conqueror. So these are ministers that are conquering. They have not been conquered by flesh. They have not been conquered by, by the wind that have been blowing others. They are more than a conqueror. When you see excelling ministers, no matter when you look at them, they will tell you what shall separate us from the love of Christ. It doesn't matter what is happening. These ministers are excelling. They are excelling in divine purpose. They are excelling in divine assignment. You don't meet them where you left them yesterday. As I'm sharing all of this with you, I'm not just trying to look for words to qualify ministers. I am telling you the reality of how you can understand a spirit-enabled ministry and a minister. There are ministers that are excelling. They are excelling. In all that they have been through, they are above them all. Jesus said at the time, he said, destroy this temple. I will raise it up in three days. He was making them to understand, I am not the kind of a minister that expires. I don't escape. I am not a quenching minister. I excel. 
And do you know something? He was talking like that by having trust in the spirit. He wasn't talking because he would raise himself up. Jesus didn't raise himself. He was raised by the spirit. All through the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, he absolutely depended, as we are going to see, on the Holy Spirit. That was the reason he did not expire. You know, it is not giftings that takes a man far in ministry. It is the Holy Spirit. Giftings can start a man up, can start a woman up in the work of the Lord, but it takes the spirit to excel. And finally on that, before I now begin to tie the knot, we have enabled ministers. Enabled ministers. They are up to task ministers. Up to task. They are Medible, they have capacity to withstand whatsoever comes. They are made able, and one of the ways you can recognize this kind of ministers is that at the end of the day, having done all, they are standing. Apostle Paul said, said Having done all, you stand. Having done all, you stand. He stood till the end because he was enabled. They killed Jesus. They buried him. They thought it was over for him. But because he was an enabled minister, he was standing. Look at the apostles in their time. The enabling of the spirit was so evident on them that they locked them in the prison by the time they got back to where they locked them the prison door remained totally locked but the men were not there what could be confusing than that i think have we talked about that what could be confusing you apprehended some men and by the time they said let's go and check for them they went there they did not find them. They found the prison door not open, but the men were not there. And they said, these men that you are looking at, they are in the street. They didn't even run away. They are still preaching somewhere, standing. That is the reason Gamaliel needed to warn them and say, see, let's be careful how we undo this matter of this man. If what they are doing is enabled by God, they can't expire. They can't escape. They can't be quenched. They will be exceptional. They will be standing. <laughs> they will be excelling. You can't stop it. You can't stop an exceptional and enabled minister. Jesus said nobody can predict the wind. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it's going. He said such is a man that is born of the spirit that is enabled of the spirit you cannot quench such a minister what a wonderful ministry to have a spirit enabled ministry if you check the book of Acts chapter 4 this man became a source of concern and confusion to the religious leaders it got to a time they said what shall we do to this man he said this that they are doing now is spreading and it looks as if we cannot stop it. 
we cannot stop it excuse me it is not circumstance that stops us it is our disability in the spirit that limits us the things that men who have gone ahead of us pass through are greater than what we are going through many of us have not been through one tenth of what these men passed through and we are quenched we need encouragement here and there these men they beat them the bible says they were rejoicing that they have been counted worthy something that when it happened to us in our own time you know what you what we look like and what is the secret of these men they were men ministers enabled by the spirit if you lack a gift don't lack enablement of the spirit because when you have enablement of the spirit giftings will be there you may have gifts if the spirit is not enabling you enabling you enabling you gift can go far now before i round off in this first session the question is what enabled this man is the holy spirit and it's because they were men who had the capacity not of the flesh not of knowledge but of the spirit and then i began to find out when you are talking about capacity you are talking about making a room in order to be able to respond to what is more than you so when these men build capacity when they build capacity what actually happened to them what happened in that capacity because when you read i want to eat something now when you read second corinthians chapter 3 further you will realize something very profound that when apostle paul was now talking about that see we were enabled by the spirit he was now talking about the glory of enablement he was talking about moses who operated in the old covenant and was enabled at that time with the glory that was passing and that glory carried some level of weight even though that glory was going to end he was now saying but what now about the enablement of the new covenant if somebody like moses could operate in the dimension that he operated and some of us are still praying lord can i be like moses and god is saying no i have made you to be greater than moses your ministry is greater than moses you know some of us will say lord whatever you do with moses if you can do that with me i'm okay god is saying no that is old covenant in the new covenant you have a ministry that is greatly enabled than moses so the glory that this man commanded in the new covenant they now got to a point they were now saying what is the source of this capacity the source of this capacity i want to bring you into something in second corinthians and i share this with you verse 12 of second corinthians it's a sin then that we have such hope we speak with great boldness 
we have hope that is greater than what Moses had been through. The glory that Moses carried by the enablement of the spirit, our own glory is going to be far greater than that. They say we speak with great boldness. Not as Moses, this is where I'm going, verse 13, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look intently at the end of what was fading away. Instead, I'd like you to take note of verse 14 because I want to quickly share some things there before we close. Instead, their minds were blinded. I want you to take note of the word minds because I'm coming there now. Their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the whole covenant. The veil which was done away with in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, the veil is in their heart. Nevertheless, when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now that led us to something. In the time of Moses, some people could not enter. They could not enter the dimension of the enabling that Moses entered into. And in our own time now, it looks as if we cannot enter into what some other men that are enabled by the Spirit are entering into. Then what is the problem? The problem in capacity of the Spirit is the problem of the mind. Please let's take note. God will be building on this word tomorrow. But let me let you know this. Very important. It's key. If you are going to be a spirit-enabled minister, a spirit-enabled Christian that will carry out the assignment of the Lord, you must have a mind to carry it. I have discovered that in our time, the limitation of men is not lack of spirituality. It is the limitation of the mind. Can you imagine that we are talking about some men could not enter into what Moses entered into? Why could they not enter? What they ought to enter into as a dimension of the spirit. As a dimension of enablement. But they could not enter into it. Because of their mind. Your mind. Will determine what the spirit can do with you. Our minds. Are not what we think. They are. Our minds. Can become a fuel. For the spirit. To enable us to be who God wants us to be. And our minds can culminate into our limitation. Many of us hear the same word. That those that God is helping hears. The question is that. Why is he making a positive difference in their life. And it's not making in your whole life. Apostle Paul talked about our fathers. They were under the same cloud. They drank from the same source. I have discovered that people 
when we are hearing the same thing, when we are in the same environment, that does not mean we will turn out the same way. I don't know whether you are understanding this dimension. The disciples of Jesus, they were his disciples. But do you know, they were not operating at the same frequency of enablement. You know why? The power of the mind must not be underrated. Mind can become a barrier to the spirit. And mind can become an access for the spirit. I want all of us, I don't know why the Lord is emphasizing it. That we should not take our mind for granted. I, I just don't know. But I believe there is something God is saying. See, all the things I have decided to do with you. I am not the one limiting you. Your mind is limiting you. And when the Lord was saying to me, I should discuss the matter of the mind. The matter of the mind. I was just wondering, how does the mind have to do with the spirit? And he said, come here. What happened to them? Their minds were blinded. And because their minds were blinded, they could not have access. One of the best things you can do to anyone in Christ is to develop their minds. Now, there are two kinds of minds. I want to look into that very quickly. What is the kind of mind that the Holy Spirit cannot enable in ministry? That cannot carry the capacity of the Spirit? It is called closed mind. Closed mind. It is not what you hear that benefits you. It is the mind with which you process it. I have realized that people love to hear what they want to hear. As I'm speaking to us, as, as I'm as, it is what you want to hear that you are interpreting to yourself. Do you know, as we, every one of us have the opportunity to determine what will happen to us because the gate is the mind. The battlefield is the mind. Someone you cannot help is someone whose mind is closed. And we talk so much about spirituality. I will talk about it tomorrow if the Lord permit me. But I think we should go back to the basics and realize that see, some of the limitations that we are suffering from, it is not that we are not praying. I have seen people spend days, years, or mountains and nothing as comfort of their lives for the Lord. Why? The more they pray, the more their mind brings them down. I hope you know, sir, Samas, that the word of God is a mind-renewing weapon. <laughs> I hope we know that the discipleship of the Lord Jesus with the men that were with him sitting with them he was working on their mind mindset, mind beliefs mind, it has been said at the time of Moses now it will not be like this again he was working on their he worked on their mind before he released the Holy Spirit to them 
because when you have the Holy Spirit with a wrong mind, with a closed mind, it will look as if you don't have it. Mind liberation is a mighty liberation. Can I say that again? Mind liberation is a mighty liberation. He was walking. See, our mind, we, we, we can, in your mind. That's why Apostle Paul was talking about casting down imaginations. Do you know what imagination means, Asamas? Image of the mind. There are pictures that form in our minds. Image. You process your life through your mind. You process people through your mind. You process words, anything you hear, you process them through your mind. So when your mind becomes a barrier, the spirit is incapacitated. So, that's why I said this is an introduction. Before we are going to be talking about anything the Lord will be bringing tomorrow, I think this year, in refer the Lord is saying, if we, we experience that dimension he has ordained for us, something must be done with our minds. I have seen people that we live and go down to their grave with divine potentials unfulfilled in their lives because they never allowed their minds to be transformed. One major barrier to the enablement of the spirit in the life of a minister is a close mind. And tonight, as I'm closing, as we'll be led to pray, I want us to pray for deliverance from close-mindedness. All the religious leaders that surrounded Jesus, I hope you know, Sasamas, that everything that they did to attack their own savior, the one who has come to make them. What do you think cause all of that? Their mind. When they need to think right about what how can somebody can you imagine? Somebody is dying on the Sabbath day, and you rescue that person, and their mind is saying to them, Why should you help on the Sabbath? Devil arrested their mind. Many of us, before you will be receiving enablement of the spirit, receive deliverance of your mind from the devil. I told a brother a few days back who was sharing with me and said, Sir, I know if I, the reason I'm struggling, I'm struggling. In, in this work that I'm doing is because I've not responded to the call of God on my life. If I respond, I won't struggle again. And I told him, I said, it's a lie. If you stop this, you think it is the reason you are, you are struggling is because you have not responded. No. If you leave this and you respond to the ministry, the same struggle that you are struggling in this secular work you are doing, we follow you to the ministry. The same. 
So it is not about the work. It is about something inside your life. Of course, you won't be approved of God if you don't move into his will. But if you think, the reason I'm just struggling, no. If you take a mindset that is wrong from what you are doing, and that mind has entered with you, oh my God, you will still be struggling. Sars and mass. One of the areas devil has arrested vessels that are supposed to be enabled by the spirit to carry out divine mandate is that their minds have been arrested and imprisoned. Many of us, our minds are not free, yet our legs are free, but our lives are not free. And you know a terrible arrest of the devil over your mind and my mind is to make us to become people with closed minds. Close-minded people have characteristics. Number one, they resist divine intervention. When a person carries a closed mind, he will be so close that that mind will be resisting. There is a resistance. Whatever that God wants to do in that life, the mind will just resist it. The mind will not be able to enter into the new of the Lord. Don't forget, all the Pharisees, their problem is that their mind were so blinded that they will never receive a new thing that Jesus has brought. A new way, a new life that Jesus has brought. So, a closed mind resists divine intervention. Number two, a closed mind <laughs> live by senses, not by the spirit. A closed-minded person, believer, minister, is ruled, is led by senses. We'll be telling you, I know what I'm doing. Rationalizing everything. Interpreting everything by the, by the ability of that close-mindedness. They can quote scripture according to their close-mindedness. I hope you know that some of our parents, and so, the limitation of our parents is by the limitation of their minds. <laughs> Do you know some of our parents are more spiritual than many of us now? Some of them prayed more. They, they, they walked with God in some dimension. But God could not show himself because the mind was closed. Number three trait of a closed mind is that they love to stay in the hold even when it is not working. A whole, they love to stay in the whole pattern. In the whole that God is saying, no, this is not my way. I have left this. They love to stay in the, they are not open to the new things of the spirit. 
they are not open. That's why you see every generation, they fight a new generation that is open to the Lord. That's why if you see elderly people in some churches, some established churches, they will be fighting young people. Instead to mentor them and allow them to come up. They will be, because do you know why they fight them? They can't enter into the mind that those young ones have entered into. Even with the youthful exuberance that those young people are doing those things, their mind have become open for the Lord. God is not looking at age. He's not looking at experience. Saul was experienced. Saul was had all of that, but Saul's mind as close to God. God was looking for open-mindedness. <laughs> Capacity of the spirit, open-mindedness. Another trait of close-mindedness is lack of spiritual curiosity. Lack of spiritual curiosity. They talk to you about what they have known and what they used to know. You know, if you have people around you that just want to live their lives, walk with God with what they have known and what it is what they never want to know better. They don't want to know more. How can, oh my God. They don't want, they, what they have, they are, they, what they have known, what they have known, what they have known. Do you know that, why the children are creative? Why they are imaginative? They have dimensions of curiosity to learn more, to explore more, to know more. Close-minded people, they glory in what they have known and they settle with it. That's why they are like Pharisees. Another trait of close-mindedness is lack of openness to feedback. If you are a minister that you don't like feedback. You don't, you don't, you don't like to be, to say, this is, can we give you a feedback of how you are doing? Can we give you a feedback? Do you know that the Pharisees, all they were doing was not working, yet they were still doing them. <laughs> Jesus will give them feedback. They were not opened. Do you know what Jesus said about them in Matthew chapter 23? He said, they have the key. Do you know what's talking about the mind? They will not enter and those that ought to enter. So close-minded people, they disallow others from growing. If you are with a close-minded minister, you can't grow because they are not growing. A close-minded person does not grow constantly. If you see ministers that are enabled, they are in the journey of continuous growth. They want to grow. They keep growing. They don't tell you that they grew two years ago. No, they want to learn more. They want to grow more. They don't want to settle down. Look at what Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. I did not count myself that I've attained. He said, but one thing I do. One thing I do. Forgetting things that are behind. Reaching forward. Reaching forward. Reaching forward to those things which are before. To the high calling. Upward calling. He doesn't have a close mind. He doesn't have a close mind. Close minded ministers. They are captives of their own thoughts. 
you know in second corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 apostle paul said we should bring every thought to captivity it's either you are bringing every wrong thought to captivity or every wrong thought is making you a captive so close-minded people any deposit of the devil in their mind imprison them that's why they can't go far with god they cannot please before we pray because i know the time is fast friend the second kind of mind <laughs> that can have the capacity of the spirit is christ-like mind and that is an opened mind open mind open mind romans chapter 8 verse 6 that mind is open to the spirit if you see close-minded people close-minded believers their minds are open to their traditions their minds are open to their doctrines their minds are open to their culture. What do you think the Pharisees' mind were tied to? Traditions. But when you see open-minded people, open-minded Christians, open-minded ministers, they are open to the spirit. When Jesus came, he was a man of open mind to the spirit. When Apostle Paul was saying, we have the mind of Christ. It is the mind, when you check Romans chapter 8, he was saying that those who live in the flesh, they mind the things of the flesh. Those who are in the spirit, they mind. They set their minds. Their minds are open to the spirit. Their minds are ruled by the spirit. Their minds are governed by the spirit. When you become somebody whose minds come under the Holy Spirit, you become someone who will be enabled by the spirit. You know why? A natural man does not understand the things of the spirit. They are foolishness unto him. Because see, when your mind is closed, what the Holy Spirit is doing with your mind will contradict the things of the Spirit. So you need a mind that is set on the Spirit. A mind that is set on the Spirit. And what does that mind do? Number one, that mind draws from the Spirit. It draws. It draws. Where your mind is drawing from determines whether you will carry a close or open mind. Many have not been able to enter into divine revelations, divine preparations of God because of where their minds are drawing from. We are all product of where our minds are drawing from. Your mind draws from somewhere, from time to time. Saul, who became Paul, was a product of judaism because his mind drew from gamaliel and you saw the product he became a persecutor of the church he was doing it doing it innocently because that was where his mind drew from i am always careful where my mind is drawing from because i will become where my mind is drawing from so, a mind that is open to the spirit want to draw from the spirit. 
If your life will be enabled, if our ministry will be enabled, our mind must be drawing from the spirit. Must be Jesus was drawing from the spirit. Number two is a mind that is depending on the spirit. Go and check what the Pharisees depended on. They depended on the Lord of Moses. And as long as the Lord is read to them, the veil covers their mind. Their minds are closed. But Jesus is mind dependent. He taught the disciples, let your mind depend on the spirit. Let your mind depend on the spirit. That's why Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are sons of God. Mind depending on the spirit will be helped by the spirit. And number three, is a mind daring for the spirit. Mind daring for the spirit. The courage of such mind, the mind of Christ, comes from the spirit. That's why you could see people like Apostle Peter, they were not religious leaders, but yet they were so daring. And the religious leaders were looking at them. Why is it that your life is producing all of this? They became a wonder. Because their minds were daring. You know, what your mind is committed to will determine what your mind, your life can dare. And I realized something. How is it possible for us to escape a close mind? We are going to pray about it. But apart from prayer, what are the three things that Jesus did? Philippians chapter 2. Jesus was an enabled minister. There were three things. If you read Philippians chapter 2. Number one, Jesus committed himself to a selfless mind. A selfless mind. And then you have a serving mind, a servant mind. 
that's why apostle paul now said let this mind be in you which was in christ jesus our lord as the man of god as the apostle of the lord comes forward this is my own prayer tonight lord deliver me from a close mind <laughs> i need the mind of christ that's the mind that is receptive to the spirit. That mind must be selfless. You must stop thinking about you, thinking about yourself. That mind must empty itself of every pride. You know, where, which dimension did Brother Ben take us to? That's the dimension the Holy Spirit has asked me to take us. We are too full of ourselves and we cannot be enabled by the spirit. Jesus made himself of no that he empty, you know, to empty means you have not become so empty. The Holy Spirit will now come and fill, and then a mind to serve. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. Look at the mindset. We get to places we say they will serve me. Jesus came to serve. We say they have to serve me, and yet we want to be enabled by the Spirit. It's a close mind. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we clap for Jesus? Amen. Are we blessed tonight? Are we blessed tonight? Father, we thank you. Can we just go ahead and just bless the name of the Lord? For the world that has come. Father, we give you all the praise. 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 Oh, Jesus, we honor you. Tell you that this is your challenge. If you will not be annoyed and if you are ready. It shows to us that most of our challenge is close mind. What some of us are fasting to receive from God is something somebody can tell you. This is your challenge. You don't need it. And this is the same reason why we are not going to pray. It's not a message to pray more. It's a message to adjust your life to let God open your, your mind. Open your mind. Have you not wondering why these men spend years on the mountain? And yet, I have a guy that fasted two years on the mountain. 
I don't know where he have that grace to fast on the mountain. He's a fasting machinery. Can stay there for months. Up to now, no marriage. Up now, he's still jumping from one lady to another. Up now, no ministry. Is it a prophetic? No ministry, no place. Start here, close, keep on closing everywhere. This one, this state. Instead of this guy to stay in one place, allow somebody to say, this is your challenge. Can you get it? No way. We must go to the mountain. If you're not taking anything home, make sure, let it be very clear to you that the reason why many people are fasting, praying, and the power of God, their ministry remains remitted. It's not because of the, they arrest, I said the spirit realm, it's because of their mindset. Receive the help tonight. Our prayer point tonight is in Philippians chapter 2. Grace to have a selfless mind. <laughs> See, when, when you don't think about yourself, you don't know that. Now, hello, hello. Reverend Sam Tukura posted something today. He said, God will advertise you into more nation, more than you ever imagined. If he knows you are going to advertise Jesus. That is, this advertisement, this spreading of yourself, he actually is looking for somebody to spread everywhere. But the condition is that if he knows that Jesus will be spread through you, he will spread you fine. The challenge we have is that, you see, when we release ourselves and we are selfless, we think we are, we, we, we are not doing anybody. We are only helping ourselves. Hallelujah. Number two is empty your mind of pride. Empty. Now, one of the things that has helped my life is, if I, because I'm going to be very proud when I go to heaven. But now, what will make me proud? I used to ask myself questions. Now, what did I have that others do not have? Whatever I have now, people at my age, they had it better, far, far, far. Then what, what am I proud of? Number two, what did I have that God has not given? Now, what, what, does, what makes men proud? I, I exhibit pride, pride, I don't know. I don't know. Often I don't know. Now, number three is serving mind. When you come to the point of serving genuinely, do you know most of our challenges when you serve? There are people you serve, your challenge is no more your challenge. Your challenge is their challenge. Service quickly, simply push, push their, your, their challenge into their life. Enabled, enabled. Just serving, just service. <laughs> Man doesn't know this. It's, it's, we are battling with spirit. I don't know. We, see, we are, this is a great deliverance. This is one of the major deliverance a man we ever have. And let me add to it, if you don't want to have a close mind, you need to subject yourself to learning continuously, deliberately. Learning. The hardest people to reach are the people who have never tried to learn. Getting them in to accept a new idea is like trying to transplant a tomato plant into concrete. Even if you could get it 
to go into the ground, you know it isn't going to survive anyway. The more you learn and grow, the greater your capacity to keep on learning. When a man has no reason to learn against a closed mind, what am I going to learn? There's nothing you are saying. They can pray several hours wasting time. One of the things that will help us tonight is keep asking yourself, what was I thinking? What kind of thought? Every time, keep adjusting. Keep adjusting. Keep every day. Keep adjusting. I, I, I deleted one yesterday. I, I said, I can't, be, I can't be moving with this kind of person in ministry. When it's almost, the, the children are universities. Now, my, my only I primary school, their race is just running like a, like a snail. Something. I, am, I need to keep pace with somebody we are moving at the same path. We know where we are going to. Because of that simple understanding, I deleted them in a way. We are still close, but there's a dimension we don't go enter into again. Because we cannot be operating at the same wave. What kind of thoughts are you thinking? Let's round up with this. With what God's servant said this first time. He said... Where you draw your strength from determines how far you will go. How far you will go. We have made up our mind that we are changing our mindsets. <laughs> we are changing our because there's a dimension of the spirit that we cannot accept because of our mind. In my place, you will see somebody just come and say, A bone, somebody have a, a bone problem, fractured. A man of God just come and pull it out. And I just adjusted the whole thing. The whole thing got mended. That guy was, that man was still in one area. Nothing. But you see raw, raw things happening. Yeah, they couldn't move from one place to another. Why? Their mind couldn't as interpret what is their dream. They don't know how to go from where they are because of mindset. And don't forget what the word that came again. That what some people are hearing, what you are saying is not what they are hearing. Some you are saying it their mind is interpreting what they want to hear. They are not in their head. You think what you are saying is what they are hearing. But their mind is telling them what they want to hear. That is to say, what you are saying is not what matters. It's what they want to hear that matters to them. Father, we give you praise. As we go tonight, we receive deliverance. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> We receive deliverance. We receive deliverance of the mind. We receive. It, it, is, it is a close mind that makes somebody. You see, you, you, are, you are doing. You are being nice to your, your wife. You are being nice to your husband, and you think you are doing the person good. No, you are. You are doing yourself good. It is close-mindedness. Tonight, as we go from here. Receive grace for open-mindedness. Yesterday I was talking with God's servant and I said, sir, what do you want me to do? Tell me what should I do. Tell me what should I do. There are people, they cannot come to a point where they say, what should I do at this matter? They are omitting knowledge. Everything they know what to do, they know how to catch it. 
The reason why president of nation have minister of this, minister of this, this one, counselor of this, this one, they are the one advisor of this, is because they know that, because, that their president doesn't mean they know everything. They must be surrounded with people that will tell them what to do. Father, we thank you. Our mind is renewed. <laughs> Our mind is delivered. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, if, ay, 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 until your mind is delivered, change environment. Did you see the same thing? It is first of all a mental shift before physical shift. The Israel, the children of Israelites, they, they, they left Egypt, but Egypt was still in them. <laughs> it took God only one night to carry them out of Egypt, but it took God how many years? 40 endless years to carry Egypt out of them because their mindset couldn't contain it. The onion and the cucumber was still very there. I came to the point I was in Abuja here every time I want to go to Okene to go and carry food. I said, what is wrong with me one day? What is wrong with me? Food is cheap there. Is that how you must go there to go? Is this how you believe your life? I said, no way. <laughs> it is a daily walk. You must be changing your mind. If, if it take you, God, it can take you 120 years, 30 years. For, but one day, God will announce you. But it takes you those years to change your mindset. Father, tonight, help us. Your servant you have used. Refilled him. Again and again. Help us, O oh God. That what I will be doing today, we will not think we are doing God's favor. We always know that we are God. This is what we are doing now. It's a privilege. May our mind not deceive us, Lord. We receive mental deception. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Imagine what I'm receiving now. What I see tonight now, we think I'm doing somebody's good by coming here. By coming, I'm doing... No, no, no. I am doing myself good. Because of our wrong mindset, we can spend 20,000, 50,000 in hospital. But to spend 5,000 to learn something, is not... Mm -mm, we waste it. Because your mind said, this one is in hospital, you know you are, you are paying for your health. But what to learn with 5,000? No way. Because mind is closed. <laughs> Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Tomorrow we are coming by 10. 10 is 10. Once it is 10, we start meeting. There is only one man we wait for here. It is God, the Spirit. Once he's on ground, every other person is inconsequential. That is what we believe. That's what we do. We don't have pre presumption. Every meeting is important. Open prayer is as important as the message. Hallelujah. This is not a place where we use time, take worship and praises to be waiting for somebody. That era is in the Old Testament. The grace. Surely.
for I will. 